Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, peace, peace, shalom, Islam. Hope's have greetings. 165135. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. I was kind of um, rushing to try and get overhead to this show, like, just got back in New York. It was exceedingly difficult to find a parking space. Spent like an hour and a half trying to find parking, but nevertheless, I was able to get ahead. So um, we have, you know, um, Brother Rod, he, of course, tuning in to the core. And we also have another brother from um, the nation of Israel um, tuning into the core. So, um, you know, um. If anyone that you know, I would like to say this, and I'm going to just turn it over to Brother Rocky, then I could bring the other um, brother in. Um, <clears throat> anyone that you know may be having any kind of type of commercial presentment, or they would like to become a secured party creditor. Um, you know, leave your information in the room if you're actually, um, you know, listening in, tuning in via computer. You can actually just type the information, or you can send an email, um, contact with us, or... If you would actually like a seminar to be conducted in your area, if you could actually gather a group of people, I actually have a form that I'm going to actually be posting online for those that would actually like to have a seminar in their city or their town or what have you. Or if you're a person out there that may possess a certain skills like computer graphics and so on and so forth or other type of skill that you actually may possess, that could actually be useful, hey, um, send us a message, reach out, um, because you may be of actually value. That particular skill may be of value. So without further delay, I'm going to just turn it over to Brother Amari Kia. i got something that I'm working on here, so I'm going to be jumping back and forth. So you there, Brother? Yes, Brother. Peace. Right. Peace, peace, peace. Uh, well, you know, uh, I guess I'll just start off with a uh, what we usually talk about regarding things like you know secure party creditor, uh, you know pretty much commerce contract law. Um, I was recently thinking about uh, secure party creditor, the uh, the capacity of a secure party creditor, and the best way to pretty much put it. Uh, what are you doing when becoming a secure party creditor is pretty much claiming back what has been abandoned by you because of ignorance, uh, lack of knowledge of such things that exist in the commercial realm, and even claiming back your understanding, literally claiming back your understanding that you are actually participating in commerce. Now, to abandon or abandonment is pretty much uh, what happened at the time of, you know, at the time of birth and whatnot. 
uh, well, not necessarily at the time of birth. There was an abandonment pretty probably around the age of 18 because uh, to my understanding, when a, when a child is being brought on, you know, to the planet, uh, there's, when the trust is created, the parent, which is pretty much the legal guardian, has control over the trust until the child turns 18, or it may be 21, 18 or 21, but pretty much when the child becomes of legal age, the child can then become the, uh, uh, pretty much the minister or the the executor or the gain control, gain control and pretty much use it properly, which is for the benefit of, the, uh, of you know, the child. What happened was, was since the, the parents who are pretty much in the same predicament were ignorant of such a thing, uh, not to say stupid, but ignorant, because we all were ignorant. We all are ignorant to a certain degree. But the ignorance pretty much uh, deflected the fact that there is something of value being abandoned. So at the time of 18, when we turned 18, and and the, from my understanding, the, the when you turn 18, you have like 30 days before it's considered abandoned. You have 30 days to claim it. Uh, I guess it's uh, uh, through the UCC. I mean, pretty much, I'm pretty sure it's through the UCC. But however, you have 30 days to claim it, like anything else, if 30 days passes by just like in any commercial or administrative procedure, uh, there's always 30 days to respond. There's 30 days to do something. Uh, if if it, if if after thirty days and you don't respond, you go into default, and it's assumed that it's in this particular situation that your trust has been abandoned. So there's no one. That's where the metaphor of because since we're under maritime amnesty law, the law of, law of the sea. Well, your 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 fiction your persona ficta, your trust, is under the statutes, which is the law of the sea that governs commerce, admiralty law, because we're in admiralty law. Admiralty law is is a, a war, you know, maritime admiralty law. That's war law. Uh, and those laws, like martial law, almost. And uh, under that law, the trust is under statute, and um, that's oh yeah, that's where the metaphor of you know when we talk about the vessel and stuff like that. I'm captain of the ship and everything, and actually that's where terms like bank uh, and uh, this other term bank, uh, and then certain phrases like I'm uh, uh, in. And, uh, you know, up to my neck and walk or debt, you know, or what is it called? Up to my eyeballs or something. And I'm drowning in debt or because debt is the money. Then you have currency, the current of the sea or currency, the current of the sea 
uh, flows from the sea to the, which is connected to the river bank, <laughs> which channels down uh, and creates circuits in like circuit court, things of that nature. Uh, and then there's other things. Um, that's why, you know, patriots, sovereign moving, sovereign citizens, for that would like to call themselves that pretty much um, go around, go the route of uh, being on a ship like they're in the name is a ship, they have abandoned ship. Actually, that is the definition of abandoned almost because, um, for instance, abandoned to leave a ship because of sinking or threat of sinking. So, when pirates board ship and loot the, the the ship, they take the loot and sink the ship. You know. However, when you abandon, when you're abandoned ship, it's not necessarily that you're abandoned ship or like you're not on the ship, but you are inactive. There's no motion in the ocean <laughs> as while you're on the ship or your ship or whatnot. Because you're not aware, you you don't know how to navigate, and you weren't taught to navigate through the seas of Admiralty. You know, so now we're getting into predicament. Now we're we're past eighteen years old, and uh, you know you have to be over eighteen to even sign a contract on your own without having the consent of your parents. So once you turn it, get past 18, and you figure out how the game is being played and what game is being played, you start to realize that you have to learn to navigate through commerce, and you understand and you realize that everything that you're dealing with in this realm is commerce almost in, in, in most cases. So once you understand that you're dealing in commerce, you understand what commerce is, and you get the hang of it, you should get the clue like, okay, well, there's something more here. My name. You start learning about the name. You start learning about the all caps and how all caps denotes uh, corporate corporation and or corporate fictions or artificial fictions and stuff like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> and artificial fictions. Uh, you know, the all-caps name, or uh, what are you, uh, this is one myth, uh, or, you know, I guess when people first started finding out about this, when sovereigns first started finding out about this, uh, you know, it was it was pretty fresh. So it was this rumor, going, or not a rumor, but it was the assumption that there's, that there's this account in your name with these, like, one guy said it was like $110 billion in it to your name and you have to claim it and stuff like that by filing the UCC-1, which is totally not the case. You don't file the UCC-1 because once you know what it is, you understand that it's just a notice. You don't get paid off of just a notice. It's, it's not the notice that gets you paid or it's not even about necessarily getting paid. It's about reclaiming back what has been yours or what has accrued and accumulated off of your name by the use of others, you know, the big corporations and stuff like that. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, 
uh, don't quote me on it, uh, but, I mean, I can be proven wrong, you know, and I would like to be corrected if there's such knowledge to prove me wrong, but when you go to a job and you go, you have to most, you know, you give me your Social Security number, which is identification number to your trust, you give them that number, and that number is what they use to accrue funds from. And you can, I mean, I mean, I've always had this, or I used to have the assumption that they it's probably some possible way that uh, they they can pretty much generate funds from that, which is entrance and stuff like that. And you you have to claim it back. You know, that's what um, pretty much the national debt is. When every time you spend a dollar bill in the public, it racks. <coughs> excuse me. When you spend a dollar bill in the public, it racks up the national debt, and that's why we're in what is it like, like uh, eighteen, seventeen, eighteen, between that, between seventeen and nineteen trillion dollar national debt. When it was, it says in the you know in the USC uh, that it. Or it may not. Well, anyway, it's not supposed to surpass like six trillion or something like that. And there's only supposed to in the USC, I believe it says that there's only supposed to be about I think it's like six hundred million dollars in circulation. I mean, but obviously, when we look around, there's much more that there's much more dollars in circulation. Thus, or it creates more debt on the national debt and. That's the numbers that you see on the debt clock. So that's pretty much withheld entrance or uh, or accumulated entrance in everyone's name that has been unclaimed. And it's through that that, uh, you know, it's either it can make or break the economy because there's inflation and deflation. Uh, but when when you spend a dollar and you create funds, when you create funds, someone's going to have to discharge that or offset it and and regulate the the national you know balance sheets to keep the the economy from crash, which was actually the purpose of inflation and deflation to uh, regulate the ratio between the amount of funds or the amount of currency to the amount of, of to the demand, or in other words, to the, the amount of commodities, resources, and stuff like that. You know, like if everyone had like 100000 or if everyone had like, if everyone had a billion dollars in their bank account, uh, you'd be buying a toothbrush for about, you know, like, like $100,000 or something like that. Because it, the, and the dollar bill isn't worth anything anymore. So that's pretty much, uh, I guess that's maybe that's why everyone uh, has to be have a creditor mentality and know how to, because, you know, operating as a debtor isn't bad 100% of the, of the time. If, per, if you understand how commerce works, someone has to be a debtor somewhere. But... While being a debtor, you can also be a creditor too. You 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 take the debt, because all money is debt. If you turn that into credit or funds or whatever, you do something with it. 
you transmutate and transform it into something so that way it benefits the public and supports the um, economy. I was just doing my research the other day, and I came to this startling conclusion that commerce, uh, we all have to wake up to a certain point to where we all have to regulate our own, you know, spending habits, saving habits. We have to learn how to, we have to learn this, this credit or debtor to stuff. We have to, you know, learn certain things because I was, I was doing my research and it takes money to, to upkeep and maintenance the things that we use on a daily basis. Electricity, water, food, shelter, all of these things are um, money or the, the currency can make or break these things. And it's based off our respons- how responsible we are. That denotes the uh, potential or the, that denotes the, the um, how can I say, it denotes how well uh, and how much or how little of these necessities that we have. For instance, I was, um, you know, the water supply. If the underground, when you walk on the street underground, there's millions or thousands, hundreds of thousands of miles of of tunneling and pipeline that supports that that supports your your drinking water or your tap water. If those to upkeep those and maintenance these lines, there has to be money, or the state has to put out money. If there's no money being put out, then they corrode, and next thing you know, you don't have any clean water. Now, we can blame the state. I do blame them to a certain degree, but I also think that the people have to take on responsibility also, at least up to the portion that, that, that that we're accountable for, because the money, the currency is backed by you and me and us. So if we all got together and learned the creditor-debtor system, the commercial system, and responsibly used it, keyword responsible, if we were more responsible with it, and we can use these funds that we generate to fix these pipelines, to, you know, to uh, shelter the homeless or feed the homeless, feed the needy, open up more stores and, and stuff like that, become more humanitarian. Now, when we, now when we, we forget these things, that's why we have to be reminded of certain things. That's why that's, now I understand what the purpose of, of uh, I don't want to say church, but uh, communion, unity, you know, uh, annually or, you know, weekly or stuff like that. That's what I mean by annually, like once a week or whatever, how many, you know, whatever times a week to get together to, uh, you know, pretty much conversate and talk about what has happened in the last week and identify the problems and also, uh, you know, flirt or uh, present the success 
and point out the weakness. So the following or the next week, whatever weakness and strength that we pointed out at that meeting, the following week we can work on that weakness, uh, strengthen that weakness, and build on the success. And that's the reason why we have to unify and get together. Now, if we're all, you know, getting, uh, you know, we learn the stuff or whatever and we're fighting and stuff like that, doing all this nonsense, all this crap that, you know, uh, uh, pollutes the mind, thus polluting the planet because the mind, you know, because we pollute our minds and our minds, our bodies follow our minds and our the bodies, you know, pretty much pollute itself and thus pollutes the, the planet because of the things that we use to pollute it. And then, you know, the planet starts falling apart because we were irresponsible with commerce because commerce is just as spiritual as it is physical. Now, if we all got together and reminded each other of our spirituality, and I say this every time I, I get on here. Now, I will always say this because that's a very essential part. We can't just talk about, you know, how uh, uh, we can talk about being a secure party credit because that's very important. That's extremely important. But there's also something backing that, just like there's something backing the currency. There's always something backing something. The, 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 uh, the filing statement, it's just a notice. What's behind that notice? You are. So what's behind you? Your, how you carry yourself, how you conduct yourself, how you handle yourself in certain situations. We know that there's, that there's, this, that there's this entity out there that doesn't like us. We know that. We all know that. Now, once we point that out, that's the problem, okay? We have to bring a solution. And it's not to say that commerce is evil or nothing like that. It's just there's it's whatever you do with it. It's just a thing. Just like anything else, it's just a thing. The person that's puppeteering it and making it move to whatever direction it wants to, if it's for the degeneration of a society, then we would consider that evil. If it's for the beneficial and rebuilding even the destruction, because destruction, if you destruct, if you destruct something in a correct way, that's what I uh, call uh, uh, constructive destruction. Because you can destroy something without a purpose, and that's what we call evil. But if we have an idea, we get together and come up with an idea, and with that idea make sense of that idea to the amount that it allows. If it makes enough sense, if it makes common sense, you know, things, common sense being, uh, you know, things that align with, not to be confused with like common law, but common sense. It's common sense to, it should be common sense to do certain things, but it's not, but whatever. But anyway, if we came up with an idea, we all get together, come up with an idea, a constructive idea that will work because we all have the mind to do it. Get an idea, and we see something 
we see it. It's just like building a, you know, rebuilding something. You see a, a land mass, and you see all this ruin there. But the 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 men that come up with the with the idea of they would look they would, if you come up with an idea, you would look at that land. You would you would see the ruin there, but you would you would look past the ruin and you would look at the ground that that ruin is on. You would destruct the ruin, which simply means to remove it and replace it with the construction. So that's why it's destructive, or what do you call it, uh, what did I say, the destructive or the constructive destruction, where would you, once you get an idea, you get an idea and you see the land, you see the land. Now you have to engage in commerce. You have to get the commodities. You have to get the, the workers, not the laborers. I don't want to call them laborers, workers, because when I, when I think of labor, I think of going to this nine to five slaving, but the workers are the ones that are working because when you work, you're doing something for a cause, and that cause is for the betterment of something. So when you get the workers, when you got to pay the workers, you have to get the material, which then is produced from someone else. So you have to engage in commerce. You have to buy and sell with that entity to get the material to then, you know, support the, uh, what do you call it, the employees, not the employees, sorry, forgive me, not the employees but the workers. So then you see you've been a village or community or something. So now you can create a network within that village or community, create your own commercial service, uh, uh, your own commercial com uh, commercial uh, uh, network. So if one has wheat, if the other one has flour, or another one has rice or something like that, I need some flour. You got wheat. Give me the give me the wheat. I give you some flour. We made a trade. We just con we just uh uh or we did something along the line of engaging in commerce. There was a transaction. There was an agreement. Uh, uh what do you call it? A bona fide agreement, which means in good faith. Uh, an agreement in good faith. So. Now that we have, and we're all working together, and we don't have this hatred for one another, and this 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 ego, this certain type of ego, not the ego, but the certain type of ego that 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 makes us forget, that make us dismember ourselves from one another. When it's now time to remember, that's what you're doing when you remember something. Oh, do you remember that? Oh, you remember when this happened? Oh, you, what you have to do, you have to recollect the thought that leads you back to that moment so you can understand what it is that I ask you to remember. You have to bring something back together. So it's now time to, for us to do that as a people and conduct our own commerce with the system that is in place today. But, however, it's not the system because you can take the system and call it by any other name. It's all the same by any other name. The principles are the same. Whether you want to trade in gold, whether you want to trade in with people, it's all the same. There's something being, there's a transaction somewhere along that line. So then next thing, you want to get your sovereignty back? That's where you start. It's not necessarily with the UCC1 or the filing statement. 
That's just a portion of it. That's a part of it. There's a lot more to it than that. Because it's not that you file you not you don't become a secure party creditor and then next to you, and now you you're on top of the world. No, I thought that too. And I became, I was very enriched in happiness when I became a secure party creditor. But after that, the door opened. I, all I did was stepped up to another level and looked down. Now when I see and think about being a secure party creditor, that's very introductory to me now. It don't it does it it means as much, but I'm not as enthusiastic by it as I once was before I was it. Now I know that there's more to it than that. There's more to sovereignty than just becoming a secure party creditor. Although being a secure party creditor is very important. So sovereignty, you want to be sovereign? Conduct your network. Get your people together. Come unify with one another. Brothers and sisters alike, and create the village, create the society. So now you have a nation. So now you have a people that know each other. It used to be in a time when there could be a thousand people in one village and everybody knew each other's name. When we walk down the street today, we don't know who anyone is anymore because we keep ourselves at such a distance. Because which is right, which nowadays you have to kind of do that. But at the same time, we have we used to have this thing called intuition, this thing called spirituality that will let us know whether or not the person that is next to us, the person that walks down the street, our spirituality will let us know who that person is and whether or not you should even engage with that person, if you should shake that person's hand or not, or if you should say hello or not. It was the spirituality that kept the, kept that, that 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 indicated that we have lost that, it, or it has degenerated and deteriorated to the to the point we are in survival mode right now. We're not in a recreation of uh, uh, point uh, you know standpoint. We are in pure survival. When you're in survival, you don't think about the about your brother or sister because you're in survival. You're trying to get out the fire and not burn to death. Even though there's just people and just brothers and sisters burning next to you. But you got to get out the fire because the only thing you, you can think about is the pain. So you have to remove yourself from that. It's, not, it's only until after you get out the fire that you realize that there's other people in the same predicament. Each one of us is in the same predicament, in the same boat going through the same thing, but it's that survival mechanism that has been embedded into our brain and has been embedded into our spirituality that we don't understand, we, that we have created this thing called separation and fear of one another. We, In reality, we fear each other because we don't understand, we don't have that spirituality, we don't know, we can't discern between whether or not someone's there to help or hurt. And that's what everyone because that's just that's that's what's been embedded into us. It takes a it takes it takes a while or it, it takes some work to 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 become uh more aware of thyself. Once you become more aware of thyself, you forget about this thing called fear. You know that there's a fire there, but you know how to get out of it if you get pushed into it or whatever. If you're in it, you know how to get out. So next thing you know. You start helping other people get out the fire. You start extending a hand. You extend a hand to that person, and that person extends a hand to another person. And next thing you know, 
there's no more people in the fire. But yet, but you don't use the fire to burn people anymore. You use it to eat. And now you have a, a society, a community. We start growing our own food and stop eating this McMurder burger. And the, you know, Wendy's and stuff like that. We start growing our own food. I know a lot of people like to eat that type of stuff. It's okay. I know. That's fine. I'm not I'm not knocking you or nothing like that. But it, we can do better in these things. We used to grow our own food. And uh, it, that's what that's where the sovereignty, we don't grow anything anymore. We don't do anything for ourselves anymore. And And we want to be sovereign. Sovereign is not going to court telling the judge that you're sovereign, that you have rights. Going, being sovereign is doing for yourself without needing to help others. And that's the, this is the real, real part that gets me, the fact that we ask these people for help when it's us, that, that, when it's them, or they need our help. Because the, the credit, the currency, and all that money junk is backed by your energy. So they need you. But yet we go to them. We should go. We're supposed to be. They're really the citizens. That's why they're the citizens. That's why you're the sovereign. the citizen. That's why your citizen, your your uh, entity, your legal fiction, is indebted to you, or it don't. The, that's why the United States has no jurisdiction over you because it needs you. That's what makes you sovereign. That's why you're sovereign. We're not supposed to be going in them as a for no wick, no link, welfare. And stuff like that. We're supposed to be saying, "Hey, cash this for me, charge this account, and help the community." And they're supposed to do it on demand. That's what being sovereign is. You're the sovereignty. We lost that sovereignty when we forgot these things. That's why we ain't got no goal now. We let them take it away from us because we forgot who we are. We've been out. Our country's been at war for over two hundred plus years. What's that called? Survival. Survival, fear and survival. And now we have forgot where we came from. Yeah, yeah, let me see what the um the other brothers actually logged on under uh, um get him to speak for a little bit. Um I'm not sure how he walked. Oh, that looks like him right there. Just let him speak for a while. Hey, Shalom, brother, you there? Shalom, brother. How's it going tonight? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. I mean, you can speak to the people for a while, man. Give them some valuable, resourceful information. Excellent. By the way, you did a wonderful job, Rocky. I was tuned in the whole time. Um, by the way, I go by the appellation Malachizadak Israel. I come from one of the 12 tribes of Israel. A lot of y'all probably have uh, watched my video before on YouTube, or, may, or maybe you have not. I'm not like someone famous or popular or big like that and stuff. But those who know me in the private know that I'm doing really big things. Um, I've been having a lot of success with uh, discharging debt. Uh, I have recorded and documented proof of the A for V actually working, uh, and I don't call it the A for V no more, by the way, acceptance for value. I call it acceptance, acceptance as value. Because you're literally turning the document in the, in the paper into money. You see what I'm saying? 
And the first thing you need to understand about money is that money is technically not just a medium of exchange, okay, I'll give you this for that. It is also value and consideration. So if there's not value and consideration, technically you weren't paid. And if you tender or give valuable consideration and no one rebuts or object to it, that is valuable consideration. So I've been having a lot of success with that concept and discharging debt using HCR 192, which is House, House Joint Resolution of June 5, 1933, which is public policy. There's also public law, public law. There's a difference between law and policy. Uh, but we'll talk about that another time. Uh, hey, could, I, could I just ask you one question, yeah. brother? Let me understand you correctly. Did I hear you say that you've been having a lot of success um, yes. discharging a sitting off debt? But what about those um, people that I've seen recently in videos saying that being a secured party creditor does not work? Could you just briefly speak to that perspective? Not to degrade them, but I... You know, yeah, I'm glad that you two brothers are on the show so, so so other people could see that this stuff does work if it's applied accordingly. Exactly, exactly. I've been a secure party creditor since 2013. How did I become a secure party creditor? Uh, pretty much, you know, I ran into a video by Robert Menard talking about, you know, beating car tickets and, and tickets and stuff and turning them into checks. I even watched the movie called The Secret and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And one of the people on there was talking about turning his bills into checks. So, you know, I, I thought it was a joke. I kind of brushed it off. You know, I see videos like that, and I'm like, that stuff crazy. We all know we got to work to, to get what we want. You know what I'm saying? That's how you think at first. So I was like, you know what? I have a pretty open mind. I'm a pretty learned man. I understand things easily. Let me check out this video and see, see what this false prophet or this genuine person is saying. So I, you know, went ahead, watched out his video. Everything made sense. From there, I was turned on to look into things like, you know, discharging debt and tickets and all that. So I went through a whole wave of just studying, studying, day and night, looking everywhere. I couldn't get a hold of anyone personally to actually help me. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to give up. Let me look for the laws behind this stuff. So I started finding the laws behind everything that people were talking about, and my life took another turn. I was no longer, like, looking in videos for the answers. I started looking into the laws behind these things. And from there, many things were revealed to me that we don't have lawful money in circulation. Everything is paper money. Your dollar's paper money. No one can ever prove to me that they don't have paper money only when they're dealing with uh, pennies, uh, nickels, uh, quarters, and dimes. Those are the only things that are actually metal. And actually, the penny is worth more than the dollar bill because it has a weight to it. You see what I'm saying? We used to deal with money and weight. So um, from doing all my research, you know, and plus the first thing I got into was like the whole Illuminati thing. You know, a lot of people's into that, you know, all praises be to the most high power. He's, he exists, you know, in the false light, ill light, Illuminati, don't want us to know things. And this is uh, who people are referencing to when they say they. Who's they? Your government. The one governing your mental. You see? Now, they put a whole bunch of things into your mind to make you feel inferior, to feel like you don't have power, that you have absolutely no control over what belongs to you. But even a child knows better than that. 
Matter of fact, a child knows so better than that, you teach him to share. Because the child always say, mine, 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 but you, you don't even know what's yours. You don't even know who you are. You've been lied to for so long, especially if you're a Negro, because we are the Hebrews. And that's the truth. And we're not like Christians. You see, we're nothing like that. We're more like King David, the one that you heard took Goliath's head off, over, overthrow Goliath. You see, and David was a young little man, so like when he did it, people were shocked. They're like, how the heck he did it? Because the young man had faith. King David had faith. That's why he's called King David. King Solomon, all of them had faith. Moses, all our ancestors had faith. Yahushua Hamashiach, you know what I'm saying, which people ignorantly call Jesus Christ. He even had faith. He had so much faith that elements respected this man. You know what I'm saying? So you got much more powers than you know. And these were the type of things that I found out in my research. So, you know, I went along absorbing what I learned, went to business school and college, but something just wasn't sitting right with me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, something's still not right. So I was like, let me keep digging uh, deeper and deeper and deeper. So when I went to college, I got into, like, psychology class. And in there, they they actually trained us how to research because I didn't know much about research and none of that. I didn't know I can literally go on the internet and look up everything that I want. You know what I'm saying? It's the world wide web. You see what I'm saying? So in psychology class, they taught us how to research and we had to do projects. And from doing that, I developed the skill of research. You know, I actually passed that class. I left college and all that stuff because, you know, I realized that there's a lot of tricks there too and all that. By the way, I had a big, nice, juicy uh, depth after I got out of, out of that uh, out of that college for about like twelve thousand dollars, and I just recently discharged that with proof. You see, but that wasn't until like years later, like you know, three or four, or actually like five or six years later, because during that time I had not, I, I didn't know anything about discharging debt. So I ran into other people and stuff. You know, I watched Tyler Dog's videos and everything he said sit with me. You know, I resonated with everything he said. So I'm like, all right, so there's other brothers doing this. So I went ahead and did research, and I found out the main important documents that we needed from reading uh, what they call the Redemption Manual and, and a couple of various different books. The first main thing you need to create is a security agreement. This secure, it's a commercial security agreement between you and the so-called legal fiction, which they purport is you, the all-caps name, the all-caps name on the birth certificate, the all-caps name on the social security card on the front. You see? This is a public, uh, a public entity, which means it is in charge of all the debt. All, all public entities are, are pretty much responsible, like surety, for all the national debt. You see what I'm saying? So they assume that you are that all-caps name surety when you're not. So by putting a claim on your all-caps name, it literally separates your your identity from it. You're making it evident that that all-caps name is a debtor to you, the secure party creditor. Don't even think about doing a UCC yet until you establish a security agreement. Matter of fact, understanding security agreements will help you know how to claim vacant property. You see what I'm saying? Because if you go ahead and just live in the house and you don't, like, actually give them due process of law by giving them notices and heads up and you go try to claim that house, you're going straight to jail, my friend. You know why? Not because the process don't work, because you don't even have a security agreement, which is the basic element needed to create a lien or to put a notice in lien. 
UCC, the Uniform Commercial Code that governs all commerce, and it's under Title 15 USC. All states have their own private UCC codes too, but it, it, it's the exact mirror version of the uh, Supreme General UCC. So I can uh, use the general UCC with my state UCC, you see, to bring a claim together. So they don't think that I'm just making like a foreign claim or something. This is actually over, um, overseen by your secretary of state. So this is legit. And the only people who can become secure party creditors is those who know how to operate like a creditor. There's, there's really no school for it. You just have to meet genuine people like me and stuff who do a lot, of, a lot of studying and stuff to come to the understanding of what is a creditor, first of all. How does it feel to give? How does it feel to credit? What's a debtor? Am I truly a debtor or am I truly a creditor? You see, these are questions you need to think, and that may uh, answer your question about if you should become a creditor or remain a debtor, as we see as secure party creditors. But look it, even as a debtor, you have remedies. The only thing is that you don't have a secured claim on all your assets. That security agreement you, you create with the all caps name because it's legally fictitious or it's fictitiously legal, it's legal to be fake, that agreement you make with it, the security agreement, it pledges all of its collateral, everything that it owns, house, car, birth certificate, everything, into pretty much something like a trust which is just your collateral list, you see? And you, as a secured party creditor, become a fiduciary agent of the principal, the all-caps name entity. So you also have to create a hold harmless uh, agreement. You're held harmless if the all-caps name uh, cause any damages or anything since it's going to be engaged in commerce. You need to have uh, indemnity uh, bond slash lien because now you're going to have a lien on all your property up to $100 billion, because that's the value of all your property when you actually calculate it all up, or that's what you say. That's how much your stuff is worth to you. So if anyone want to touch your stuff, they got to pay you nearly $100 billion for your stuff, or they cannot move it. They cannot touch it. You see, police may take your car now, but if you know how to assert your claim and you're a secure party creditor, you can invoke your secure party creditor rights. You will take them into UCC law. UCC is just another jurisdiction in another realm, and yes, it does bring you under the United States law. You see? So there is a little trick to that. There's a time to act like a secure party creditor in court. That's just a status. There's a time to act like the natural man in the court, a sentient being of the most high power. And he endowed you with inalienable rights which means it cannot be touched, it cannot be seen, it does not need to be explained. You just assert it. Assert your rights. But I know all of y'all, most of y'all, pardon me, not all of y'all, but most of us, you see, do not even know what a right is. Did you know that a right is a remedy according to their definition of right? It's a remedy. You need to know your remedy. And you need to bring it with you to the court, like coming to war, ready to, to, you know, to fight. But if you don't come with your evidence, if you're not even a secure party, neither a creditor, and you know nothing about how valuable your signature is, they're going to abuse you, use you, and toss you around. And you people, those people I'm talking about, will be the ones telling you this thing don't work. You know why, though? They're lacking the knowledge. They're lacking the understanding proper procedure. 
It's all about procedure, and everybody's under a law. The only law I am under and the only law that we are under, unless there's government agencies here, is natural law, which is the scriptures. Thou shalt not, um, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not cheat, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not want what's not yours. Do not covet what's thy neighbor's. That means what's not yours. You see what I'm saying? And the Father is spirit and truth. And he's seeking for the true worshipers, especially during these horrible times, because we are in the end times. I know. I know. But those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. What's the affidavit? An affidavit is a testimony, like a testament, whether it's original testament or new testament. It's a testimony. And the Israelites are the beneficiaries of the scripture. That's why he said he gave us land and possession. The whole Bible is, is a way for us to establish our nation independently from our, our other nations. No offense to Egyptians, no offense to Moors, no offense to anybody else that may not agree with Scripture because of Christians. You know what I'm saying? But to us Hebrew Israelites who got the understanding of the Scripture, we know exactly what the Father Spirit that created all things is trying to say to the ones he chose. Now, this is something that everyone's going to have to just cope with. God chose me. God chose us. God chose Negroes. And no offense to anyone who's not Negro here today, but this is the truth. Them Jews that you see are a synagogue of Satan, and guess what? They're the ones who run your media. They're the ones running the school. Them Ashkenazi, Khazars, Jews, and a lot of the Hebrews today, too, most of these groups are working with them. They're working with them. I came to find out my own people may be plotting on me. Now I get what Tupac said, you know? I was doing this for y'all, and I get, I get shot by my own people? Yo, we stay killing our prophets. We stay killing our people. Man, we, we know the Messiah got woolly hair, eyes like red like fire, and skin like brown, like, like a penny burnt in the sun and stuff in the furnace, but still we hate him. But still we don't understand who he is. You know why? Because we don't understand how to discern. He was trying to give us a message. That's all he was trying to do. He never told anyone to worship his body or his skin color. And the only reason why the Father told us how he looked, so when that false Jesus Christ come, which is Jehovah being exalted, I rebuke in Yah's name. So when he come and, and the white Jesus come and act like his Savior, you can know that it is Savior. That is a devil. That is a demon. That demon tells you to turn the other cheek while the enemy stones your eyes. Pardon my language, but if you sit down and think about it, man, what's the point of going to court if life ain't about dissent? When you're going into the court, you got to defend yourself. King David took off Goliath's head and walked back home with it. You know what I'm saying? The Father gave us power to, thr to, thri to thrive over um, scorpions and snakes. To literally put a foot on them. And Satan hates this. He do not want us to awake. And the great awakening begins with knowing your word. Your signature. It's everything. Like a promissory note. When you're dealing with like a mortgage, for example. Like a mortgage, 12-gauge shotgun. It murders you, you know. But the mortgage itself, it's a security agreement. You see? So when you have a security agreement with your all-caps name, you literally have a mortgage on it like you would have a mortgage on the house. Now, there's a situation here. I'm going to teach you guys a little something about 
these mortgages real quick because this is a big problem at this point, you know, and I know this firsthand experience, and I do deal with mortgages and foreclosures and all that, but I'm not a licensed professional, and I do not claim I am. Everything I know is based on study, hard labor, hard study, day and night, and going through experiences in the court for myself. I beat, like, four court cases, discharged up at least four times using the AAV that I use, that I got, and I have helped people successfully become secure party creditors. I've been working with Rocky for quite a while now and stuff, and, you know, we build in the background on these things. And what we want to do is bring this to y'all to help you guys, you know. Our intent isn't to make money, but to educate our people and give them the knowledge that they're lacking so we can overcome this ignorance that burdens us on the daily. It's our ignorance that burden us. You see, that's why people say bad things about becoming a secure party creditor so you can never become secured. That's the same thing they did with the father's name. You know what I'm saying? They defrauded the father. They defrauded the book. The Christians did, by the way, which are the Greshans. They defrauded the book to make you hate your own creator, to make you hate your own self. And to make you think that every black people is part of the same family and tribe when it's not true because there's a sellout black race out there that still work today to oppress the black people. Yeah, like Jay-Z. Yeah, Jay-Z, Jesus. There goes Jesus, the Hova. The Hova. Hova in Hebrew means to destroy. Why are we destroying? Why are we building, constructing? Why aren't we destroying evil? Why are we allowing it to grow? Because we're afraid, and the enemy told us to turn the other cheek, obey authority. Now, you got to understand what these parables mean. Turn the other cheek means to forgive your brethren, because the scripture is by the Hebrews, for the Hebrews, and of the Hebrews. It was never made for the goyim, for the heathen, for the outsider. It was made for our people, because the Father know we would forget our identity during these times. You're not black. That's the status. You're not black, nor do you lack. You're in the height. You're white. Your spirit is white. And when I say white, I'm talking about pure, immaculate, like a rainbow. You're a light being. And they want you to believe that you're black, which in scripture means to be wicked. Since when the father ever said that, you know, where, 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 where in the scripture it does mention that some of the Hebrews mention that they're black. But we're in the scripture that the father denote us as black people. That's a proverb, a byword, and a taunt. Just like calling white people white. They're not white. They actually have a nationality too. You see? So we don't know who we are. We don't know where we stand. We don't know the laws behind what we're doing. So what I did is went ahead and studied all the laws behind everything. Let me get to the mortgage though. Uh, But yeah, the mortgage. When you sign that, not only are you pledging a property that don't belong to you, think about it. How are you going to pledge a house that don't belong to you? You go to the mortgagee, right? And I'm guessing that your thought is that he's going to give you the house, right? So why ain't he giving you the house? Why didn't he give you a loan? Why didn't they actually place money or what you think is money in your hand, the $300,000 to buy the home? How can you pledge the home when you don't own it? You know why? Because you already did own the home. You never needed a mortgage. They're private contractors. They don't even own the home. Their name ain't on the record for the property. So how were they the owner, even with the car? So they have you pledge a house that was yours, but you didn't know, and now it became theirs via the mortgage. You see? You see how you surrendered your sovereignty and your ownership of that property. 
by signing that mortgage. That is a security agreement. That's why I know the effect of the security agreement between me and my legally fake person. Legal personality, the juridical person, the juristic person. You see, my security agreement over it is just as potent as a mortgagee's mortgage over a mortgager's property. And look, it's funny that they call you the mortgager. That means you're the employer. You have powers. You can fire them. They're working for you, and they should be working for the benefit of you, not to extort you and deprive you of what is lawfully yours, because Yah said so. We go to war for things like this. So the mortgage, it's funny, too, because there's a couple of things going on. So you got a mortgage, right, the security agreement pledging the house. But then you also signed a promissory note before you even got the money. Don't get the money. Then why are you promising to pay it back? That's where they got you. So you walked away and never complained, never argued, and it let you stay in the home that already belonged to you, which means that whole interaction was just harassment the whole time to get you to get into a mortgage and pledge the house to them where they never have. <laughs> so the promissory note now, that promise to pay, that was the money. That was the payment. If you look up what a dollar bill is, it's a promissory note. A promise to pay you in gold and silver one day when it returned, because according to HR 192, our gold and ability to pay have been abrogated. We have no way to lawfully pay. Even if we do it with a dollar bill, you're not paying. You're doing the worst thing. You're adding on to the national debt because you can't use a debt to reduce a debt. How, how I owe you, and I got the, you got the, um, whatchamacallit, my promise to pay you, and you can walk into the store and buy food with it. Yeah, it boggles the mind. But if I tell you, hey, go into the store and buy me some candy with a dollar, it seems very simple, automatically, subconsciously. But if I tell you, hey, go write up your own promissory note, endorse it on the front and back, and go to the store and buy some candy, you'll be like, are you sure that's legal? Are you sure that's lawful? You know why? Because you don't understand what money is. Money is a very vast meaning. <laughs> it's a very vast meaning. Anything can be money. I might like sand. You might like, uh, you know, some berries. I'd be like, I'll trade, I'll trade you, uh, you know, uh, these berries for that sand. For me, that's money because that's valuable and considerate. I know what I'm going to do with that soil. I'm going to grow me a big garden. I'm going to have me food for a couple of years. That's valuable to me. He can have a few berries. I got some more that's going to grow. That, that's how we used to deal with things. That's money. Um, but that promissory note that you gave them was literally an exchange. Not just a normal exchange, a medium of exchange, money. Just like a dollar bill is a promissory note. But you cannot walk into a store with our form of promissory note. We have to send it somewhere to be converted, to be exchanged. One paper for another form of paper. Credit for credit, paper for paper, dollar for dollar, and substance for substance. They cannot ask you for substance when it wasn't a substance trade. There is no substance. They would be pretty much saying the government's lying about we're in bankruptcy. America's in bankruptcy. And not America, the land, but the United States Corporation, you see, which purport that you are an officer and a member of. 
and they do it through their all-caps name because, remember, it was the states that created your birth certificates. So the states are the ones engaging and trading you and all that stuff, and they sell your birth certificate in the stock market. So if you have no recorded claim as a secured party creditor over your property, over your mortgage, over your note, that's like an abandoned, uh, abandoned property or abandoned claim. That leaves your home up for grabs. So they go ahead and assign your note, which is how they uh, sell the note without it being taxed. Just like when you're dealing with trust, when you want to put property into a trust, you assign it into the trust. So they assign the property, which you can look in the official public record in Nick County, and put your name in there, and you'll see who's trading your house or what's going on with your property and your title and all that. The whole chain of title is in the official public record in the property appraisers record. Now, if they assign the house, that means that if they assign the note, that means that they sold the note. A note is considered like personal property. Your house is the real property. So the personal property, which is like the note in the mortgage, is like a lien on the property. Now, that's the thing I'm going to show you in a little bit and stuff, too, about that. So what they do is assign that note to someone else for valuable consideration, which technically means uh, they sold the note. So if they sold the note and the note is sellable, which is kind of odd because I didn't know, you know, if you promise to pay me money, I can sell it. That's weird. I'm selling your promise to pay. So I can make money from selling your promise to pay me and still come after you like I never got nothing because you believe that a promise to pay is a debt? Oh, my God. You see? So technically and stuff, uh, they, they assign the note, sell it off to someone else, which technically means that your note was a commodity like a product on the shelf, you see? And so they sold that product, but who is the maker of that product? That's where UCC3-104 comes in, which deals with negotiable instruments. Every instrument is negotiable, which means you can get your way in it and you can find your way out of it. There's never a time where you cannot nullify or cancel a contract unless it's non-unilateral, bilateral. Bilateral mean a mutual contract between me and you. I give you this red hat for that blue hat. That's valuable consideration, and that's considered a bona fide bilateral contract. You can't back out of that that easily. But a unilateral contract is a unicentric-based contract. That means one, one man or one woman or whatever it be is benefiting from the trade. It's going one way. So it's unilateral versus bilateral. So unilateral contracts are all voidable. Every contract's unilateral. Every contract's negotiable. Matter of fact, the rule of thumb is if it doesn't say non-negotiable, it's negotiable. You see? If it does not state that it's not negotiable, it is negotiable. UCC3 governs that. So for me studying UCC3, and dealing with natural law and reading the Bible and doing all these things, I came to understand a lot more about becoming a secure party creditor from, from a natural sense. You know what I'm saying? So um, I started to uh, understand even the creator a lot more because the creator is a creditor. Positive energy represents asset. So right now with me sharing this bread of life with you guys, because, you know, you, you're never going to uh, forget what you learned today. You know, I am literally giving you currency, spiritual currency. I'm giving you light. Now, if we build together, we're giving each other light, you know, and that's like having money in the bank. You see, so the most high represent money in the bank. 
Hashatan represent being in debt. You owe. And guess what the Most High is going to do in the end time? Foreclose on his body and take back his soul. All those who are indebted to him will have to give him back his soul. The very soul they don't believe exists, good, is going back to its maker anyway. So, bro, <laughs> a lot of people is going to be in trouble because they haven't been giving due praises to the Most High like they haven't um, paying their due bills. They remain in dishonor in all fashions. So, I mean, I help a lot of people. I've been doing this for for very, very long. Like I said, I've been a secure party creditor since 2013. I go by the appellation Malakizadak Israel. You can find me on YouTube. You know, I give no legal advice. I just give uh, wise advice. Um, and, you know, I'm wait, hold on. Before I do peel out, though, I want to make sure I tell you guys a little bit more about that mortgage, though, because like I said, it's a big issue. So the note itself is an asset on the bank's ledger books. Because everything is accounting. I don't know if you guys have ever heard about the modern money mechanics. But the modern money mechanics is pretty much the mechanics of accounting and the language of accounting, balancing the books. And I use this language on my A for V to invoke my public law remedies. Not public policy remedies, but public law remedies, which is for the private. Policies for the public, uh, uh, public law or law. Is for the private. So law, private, policy, private. You see, and policy represents policing. You see, that, ha that, that has to do with a corporation. But law is law, which means it's the public law when you're out in nature, when you're up and about, public law. So if you invoke those things, there's no way they can get around you. But you will have some resistance. I promise you that. You will have some resistance sometimes. So... Um, so, by the way, too, there's the warranty deed. The warranty deed is proof of ownership. No one can get your house without you passing on the warranty deed. The warranty deed has nothing to do with the pledge, the mortgage, the security agreement, and the warranty deed has nothing to do with the note, which was the payment of the mortgage, a mortgage-backed security. But the, the warranty deed is actually proof of ownership which means no one can even get the home or they cannot remove your name off the record without you signing that warranty deed to them. Or at any point in time, you as the warranty deed owner can invoke your um, claim of in recoupment and your defenses as a secure party or not, you see, to get your home back because that warranty deed is like the birth certificate, a title. All that you want to put in your security agreement or where the straw man or the all caps name give you everything in this name. The warranty deed is going to be in this name. Everything you write is going to be in all caps. And that will always denote to your person, the public entity liable for the public debt. And the treasury, they're also a public entity too. So is the government when they're in court, in the courtroom, they're all public entities, which means they're there for us to use, but you got to know how to command it into existence. You got to know like what to tell them. You know what I'm saying? You got to know what to command them. And the only way to do that is to know the, the role and responsibility and the duty of the judge, of a trustee, of a, a creditor, uh, of a debtor. Everyone has a responsibility. And like I said, the only laws that apply to me is the laws of the Most High. Do unto others what you want others to do unto you. So why would I deprive someone of something that they lawfully own when it don't belong to me? How would I feel if someone did that? Probably 
feel like shooting them? Exactly. Would you be mad then if the people rebel against y'all out there who's robbing them? Would you blame them if the people all of a sudden end up in your front door mad as hell and saying, no, I won't take it anymore, and I'm not going to fall for your tricks? What you going to do now when the people come together and outnumber you 10 to 1, you wicked ones out there? What are you going to do? Your knees tremble and your body tremble as I speak because you know you've been doing wrong. It is time for you to come back. That's what repentance means, to come back, to return to the truth. And beyond all this creditor stuff, you're a creditor because the Most High said in Genesis, Barashit, which means in the beginning, let man have dominion. Dominion means power, sovereignty, territory, possession. You have all these things. These are all parts of your rights. You have the right to own. You have the right to speak. You have the right to defend and protect yourself. You have the right to assemble if it's for good means. But no one, everyone has a right to do wrong, but we have a right to to put your butt in jail or whoop your butt and run you out of town. You know what I'm saying? Because we the people, if we don't consent to being used and abused and we choose to fight back like King David did and overthrow the Goliath, there's nothing that the Goliath can do. His head is coming home with me. You know what I'm saying? So the first, the first point is that you have to understand it's your endorsement that turns that promissory note into a check. They also use your social security number, which invokes your HJR-192 remedy, which means everything is prepaid. Your social, not the numbers on the front, don't get me wrong. It's the private numbers on the back, and there's a specific way to use it to gain this remedy. You see, this is your remedy. It's on that little card. Some people call it a QCIP number. It's really a serial number and, a, and a, a routing number, just like on the dollar bill. And the letters on the dollar bill, if you look on there, any bill, those letters connect to one of the 12 federal district banks. Because we're, we're no longer under the United States Constitution for America. We're under the new Constitution of America for the Federal Reserve Banks. So now we're under the Federal Reserve Actions. So they are in charge of all of this debt because of whatever they did in 1913 and 1933, the whole country been in debt, and they lost their substance, and they were never given remedy for it. The remedy was HJR 192 and Public Law 73-10. So people been using these laws to make money. They keep you ignorant so they can double dip. And then they, go, they, they don't apply your asset like your note to your liability, the mortgage, to extinguish the lien, the mortgage, and release your property to you. You see? So where, the question becomes, where is my original promissory note? The wet ink signed promissory note and the allonge is applicable. You know? Where is my original promissory note? I would like to inspect it. I want to see if you're generally accounting, uh, 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 generally accepted accounting principle compliant, which is GAAP, the generally accepted accounting principles. Look it up. I mean, they have to uh, balance the, the, they have to adjust the balance books because there's an error. My asset is missing. Under UCC 3.60, I believe it's 603, um, uh, it's not, I think it's when a, when a tender is uh, tendered for discharge of debt and the tender is refused, there is discharge up to the extent of the tender. There's also a law stating to um, that uh, if the obligor, which is you, 
prove that the promissory note is lost or the instrument is lost, you're not obligated to pay that note. So they should have never said stuff like that to me if they wouldn't want me to use it one day. Maybe, maybe UCC was made just for the white man, just for them, so they can use it on us. And somehow, some way, we weren't supposed to know it. And maybe that's why we don't always gain remedy. But I have I actually been having success. I've been actually having success. So I'm going to pause there for now because there's a lot more to say about a bunch of stuff, man. But do y'all research out there. Don't believe me. Just do your research. Look up promissory note. Look up legal tender in Black's Law Dictionary. Um, look up mortgage, security agreement. Look up the word creditor, indebtor. Look at the word credit and debit. You know what I'm saying? Accounting books. Look up these words, you know? Listen back to this audio if you need to. Holla at um, Doc. But I'm going to yield the floor for right now, brother, to share it with y'all. Shalom. Yeah, shalom, shalom. So, yo, let's, let's open it up for a little bit, see if anyone has any um, questions. Um, <clears throat> call of this world then is Bunky. Do um, you have any questions? you have any kind of input you'd like to add to the call? What did I open up for lines? Walking in as the agreed woman. Um, hey, Northern uh, um, Middle Tennessee. Tennessee, do you have any questions? We hear a lot of noise in your background there. You have any questions? Caller from Northern Middle Tennessee, do you have any questions or any input? We have a whole lot of, that's why I always say, you got a lot of Negroes that are talking about, boy, if I was back in the slavery days. Let me mute this guy, man. Um, Caller from South New York, you have any questions? Call is always on the call, but they never say anything. Um, Cleveland, you have any questions? Anything you want to add to the call? Um, I would like to know how long is the process to become a secure party creditor? Well, it, it depends. Like, I mean, once you receive the documents, um, it's just a matter of actually putting them on the record. I'm not clear on how others do it, but the first document that I suggest that is filed is the UCC-1. And reason being is because you're waiting for that file member to specify on other certain documents. Like, I generally don't disclose too much information like that, like online, because people take your ideas and they run with it. Um, That's actually happened to me a lot in the past. But there's some people that are still trying to use the old redemption manual method they're going down and they're putting the documents on the record at the registered of deeds office. A lot of that stuff is actually being blocked. But um, I guess to answer your question, you know, as soon as you get the um, UCC file number back, it's just a matter of putting certain more people on notice, and then, you know, you become a secured party. But then you just have to stand as a secured party creditor. You know, um, it, it's not – see, people are under the um, false presumption and assumption that, you know, when you become um, a secured party creditor, it's some magic um, sheets of paper that magically make everything else disappear. 
what people must comprehend is that what you put down on documents, you can override with your verbal communication. So if you state the wrong thing orally, you'll override everything that you have on the record because you always have a right to contract. According to the Constitution, Article 1, Section 10, Clause 1, no state shall pass any law impairing the obligations of contract. So we always have a right to contract, and that's what the brother intelligence um, um, was speaking to a few minutes ago, like, I mean, about them actually um, taking your home. Um, and the reason being is because people, um, when they sign the mortgage, they don't take control of the deed of trust. So, you know, when they put that down on the record, they're actually stipulating you know, in that contract that if you renege on the mortgage, which you've essentially already paid for, like he's stating, um, then they move in and they put your home in foreclosure. And when people go into foreclosure, they just actually go into a panic and they don't respond accordingly. So then the property ends up getting taken. And, you know, the bank just take the property from them, but it doesn't belong to the bank. It doesn't belong to the loaner. So that's why someone that actually really no trust law could come along and go and, and take that property from the bank. And then you'll see on the news, all oh, these guys stole a house. No, they didn't. They just took ownership of the property. But, I mean, so becoming a secured party, you know, um, once you get the documents, not really that long. It's, it's you know, um, it could be as soon as 30 days. Um, sometimes, you know, sooner. It just depends on who's filing it and actually who's doing it. But, you know, it's not something that you really want to rush through. You want to really make sure that you read everything everything fairly and get a clear comprehension of what's going on. Because there's people that do that and then they constantly call they're constantly contacting you. Hey uh, well, what about this? And how do I do this? And I tell them, you know, while you're waiting for your documents, you still should be researching. You should you still should be researching, you know, it, it's like an ongoing process. You you gotta continue continuously keep educating yourself. Because for everything that we do, there's other people out there that's trying to um block it. And say you know um, well no this where did you get this idea from this is crazy and those are semantics that people will play they act as if they don't know what you're talking about to test you and if you don't think you're going to get tested then you're just totally discombobulated when people send in an A for V they get tested and I would say ninety seven percent of the time they fail the test because the people that they send the A V A for V in too which is the CFO, who i never seen respond before. Um, it's always someone else from a different section or something. They respond and say, well, um, we didn't get your payment. And then the per- person don't know what to do. Hey, I'm talking about what I do. They, I, I done an A for B. It didn't work. Well, what did you do? Nothing. They sent me a letter saying they didn't get my payment. Okay, so that's, <laughs> you did do something. You went through door three. You went in the silence, which is acquiescence, which means you went in the dishonor. So you got to always stay in honor. That's the one thing to keep in mind. You always stay in honor. Are you there? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I would say it could take anywhere from 30 days, maybe a little longer. It just depends. I've seen people that's actually received the documents and they didn't have the courage to put them on the record. Because when they see the documents, they're like, what's this? This is serious. Uh, Should I really do this? They don't have the courage to go through with it. Uh, I've seen people that's literally, you know, um, 
paid a fee, it gave a donation, they had documents constructed, and they did not have the heart to go through with it because they thought it was going to put them in some dishonorable position because there's a lot of people that want to become a secured party creditor and they're receiving governmental benefits, so they're worried about losing those particular benefits. Well, if you're a creditor, this means that you're creating things for yourself. You know, you're beginning to create things for yourself. That's what creditors do. Walmart has employees because they are a creditor. Chase Bank has employees because they are a creditor. Debtors are always in a substandard lower status, and they always lose in court except for the times that the judge say, well, we'll just let them slide, slide through just to keep the people confused. But for the most part, if you're in a debtor status, you always lose and you're always treated with disrespect because you're in a substandard condition and you've actually assumed that belief that it's always been this way and it's always going to be this way. Things are never going to change. And as long as you have that debtor mentality, you will always be a debtor. Got anything you want to add to that, Rocky, or... Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much if, um, as far as the time it, it takes to become a secure party, usually, I mean, how I would put it, I mean, my, my logic behind it is once you get all the documents together, your security agreement, your, all the other stuff, when you get all these documents together and you understand what they are, you become a secure party creditor right then and there. And then you file your UCC one to establish that you are the secure party creditor. That's why it's the notice. And you put the notice on file. That's letting everybody know that you be, that you you've become a secure party creditor. Then from there, that's when you start exerting your rights and stuff like that. And uh, and and if you know how to uh, assert your rights. And stuff like that, as you know, uh, Brother Malikizadek said earlier, you know your secure party rights and stuff like that. When you when you assert these rights verbally, as Todd Doc said, you got when you say them verbally, then you have a stronger claim than you can back the paperwork up, because the paperwork backs up the lien, but you back the paperwork up. You see, so. When you understand these principles, once you study for, uh, you, I mean, you do your extensive research and study, you will start to understand, you know, certain things. You got to get into accounting. You got to get into, uh, you know, accounting, uh, contract law, uh, commercial law, statutory law, uh, political law, uh, corporate law, business law, international law, if you want to take it there. You know, understand these, these, you know, these concepts. Law is the basic essential thing that, that, that people have to understand to be able to do anything. Without any type of law, natural law, understand natural law first because all these other laws are rooted from, or not rooted, but they are branches of natural law. So every, there's law everywhere. Every, law is everywhere. Law is the is the, the boundaries by which something functions within. You know, like you have the law, you know, the natural law, like the law of gravity. You have, you know, the natural laws and stuff like that. You know, like it was, people call them universal laws, but they're just principles. Laws are principles. So 
that's why when uh you know when you uh, are the originator of certain documents you are referred to as the principal because you are engaging in commerce as the principal because you are the the law you are the law that's that you are as natural law or under natural law so you represent natural law as a, and you're an agent of your your authorized representative of your legal fiction and commerce. So once you understand these laws and how laws pertain to each other, how they intertwine with each other, then you know secure party credit that'd be no biggie. You know going to court that ain't nothing either. Uh, I just got pulled over. Whatever. These these things that then you start getting the you know these, these things start looking small. But it takes study. You have to study. You can't just you can't just file some paperwork and expect to be good. You know that's just the beginning of something. That's just you saying you had a claim. I can claim whatever I want and not really own it or not really have a claim to it. A claim is just something that's you just saying that you that you have something. That's saying that you have entitlement to something. But that don't mean you do. Where's the proof? Where's the evidence? Can I see it? Or you know, can you assert your rights? Can you at least act as you know? Because certain things are kept in the private, and you represent these things. You see, just like the the straw man represents, or I don't want to say it represents you, but however, uh, you you represent it. However, it also represents you in a way. But it, it, I mean, it's it's a dead fiction. It's a corporate fiction, so it can't it, it can't move. It can't. You have to accommodate for it, for for it. It can't move. It doesn't have arms. It doesn't have legs. It it can't breathe. It's not living. You are. You're the one that contracts. Just like put this for example. Brilliant example. When, uh, if you see on the news. Somebody like a corporation is involved in theft or fraud or something like that. Uh, let's say uh, Jules. Jules has, in latest news, Jules has just been involved in a scandal saying yada, 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 stole this amount of stocks, bonds, or whatever. But it was a, a living being behind that that got Jules in trouble. Or it was something. There was something behind that. The, the jewel itself didn't do it. There was somebody representing jewel. You see, what I'm saying same principle. You represent the straw man. Uh, what people call it. Don't call it a straw man. We gotta get away from that. But for uh, simplicity, you know, the, or the legal fiction. You represent the legal fiction. But you know, back to the scenario about jewel. Jewel goes down for it. Jewel gets penalized and stuff like that. Jewel gets fined. You don't. If you own Jewel, you don't get penalized, or the, you know the the entity itself gets penalized and fined. But however, there is somebody. If you do not take the obligation and that Jewel has, because it can't do anything, you do all the work, but Jewels take all the credit for it in commerce on the public side, or not you, but, you know, the straw man and stuff like that. We should get the idea about it. You represent the straw man, but however, it's being charged. All you do is assist it in its affairs. 
because it can't do it itself. Because just like I'm saying itself, it's a it. We don't know what it is. It ain't male. It's not female. It doesn't breathe. It's 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 dead. It's a corpus, a corp, corpse. And just like when you put the lien on it, the security agreement. The security agreement is pretty much a mortgage that secures, uh, you know, the the indebtedness that it owes you. But it's you know labeled as a debtor on the the financial statement. Because that's why you put it. That's why you put the name. You put the name as debtor. Yeah, it's debtor to you. But however, it's not like like there's a person that owes you money. But it's just put as the debtor because it holds uh, uh, it holds the, the commodities or whatever assets and stuff that support you. So it's that's what makes it indebted to you. Not that it went out and, you know, made some money or that, that it got up and, you know, went to the store or it robbed you or something like that or it framed you. No, it's, a, it's, it's, it's like a trust. It is a trust. That's, it's, and that's why you have to check trust. That's why you check trust because the property is held in trust and you're giving a constructive notice, you know, to the people that should already know what this stuff is. That's what a constructive notice is. It's pretty much telling you what you should already know. But I'm letting you know that I know, so I'm going to put this here. i put this on notice. You see, then you have the security agreement. You become power of attorney. Because when you sign that promissory note, when you sign that promissory note, they'll tell you, or they may not tell you. They'll only tell you if you ask you, but if you ask them, but it's a contract. You're contracting with them. You sign over power of attorney to the property. So that's why they take the property, because you signed over power of attorney to them. You have to take back power of attorney. If it's a mortgage, you have to reconstruct the deed. You have to revoke power of attorney. Or you have to, yeah, pretty much you got to reconstruct all that stuff. And you have to take, revoke their power of attorney, and you have to claim power of attorney. Because the property that they claim to have if you're a secure party, it should be somewhere in your, uh, you know, your collateral list. And it's, it, it should be somewhere in the collateral list, so, and you have a lien on it, it's yours. And it's yours anyway because the trust paid for it with this unlimited credit that you authorized. That's what makes it yours. Well, it's not yours, but it's the trust. But you have, right, you have ownership of it pretty much. You have uh, right of use. Because the trust is there to benefit you, and that's uh, why wouldn't you put a why wouldn't you put secure it? You got all these assets in the trust. Why wouldn't you want to secure it? That's what people that say that secure party all this junk. They say that don't work. They don't understand it. What if you don't have any assets? You have assets. You you create the assets. You will always have assets. That's what um, HDR one ninety two. HCR-192 guaranteed uh, pretty much what HCR-192 did. Since it took all the gold away, you have to be compensated because you uh, you pretty much, they gave you HCR-192 saying that all your debts would be able to be discharged, all debts to be discharged upon payment. And that's what you use. You use that as your remedy because you create the funds with the promissory note. 
The promissory note is an asset. Your house is an asset. Your car is an asset. If you got a driver's license, that's an asset. If you have a marriage license, that's an asset. If you have a bachelor's degree, that's an asset. All these things are assets. You have assets. If you don't have assets, create assets. It's it's simple, you know. You have you will always have an asset. You always you and or how about this? You will always have the ability to create an asset because you because because this is all backed by uh, this is all commercial. You're the origin. You're you're the source. You're, you're and it's backed up by the faith and credit. Remember that, the faith and credit of the people, by our, the people. our labor and our work and our energy. Yeah, Usual, exactly. uh, Pretty much our mutual funds or our mutual energy, what we mutually agree upon. Yes, yeah, yeah. So when that's what that's what makes the A for V important. And, you know, like Brother Malachi was like, say, I don't even call it A for V either, you know. I may say that as a generic term, but it's it's becoming more sophisticated than that, than the term that is given. But for yeah, you know, identification. Yeah, but you know, for identification purposes, you know, it'll suit, it'll, it'll work. But however, that's what made a for b a for b is what you use to invoke the remedy that you have. For instance, you get the promise, or you know, actually, there should be a. You shouldn't, uh, you know, pretty much when you go to the bank, you get a promise, or you get to, you go to the bank to get a loan for a car. What happens is just because, just keep this in mind, just because they slide a promissory note and say that you got to sign it, just because they slide it, just just because they typed it up, that doesn't mean that you didn't make it. You're the maker of it. Because you're the originator of the funds. Because the primary note, that sheet of paper represents your funds. Or the creation of the funds. It's when you affix your signature to it, that brings it to life. That they take and they cash in. And they receive the notes back, what you call Federal Reserve notes. They throw that in an escrow account somewhere. Or they put it somewhere to the side or whatever while you're paying up. Right, if you you got installments, you got to pay a hundred dollars a month or something like that. While you're paying a hundred dollars a month of uh, for a hundred thousand dollar debt, they already cashed in a hundred thousand dollar debt through that, or they put the asset at least into the account. They put the asset into the account, and you have to pay the installment fees because you didn't know that uh, they that the the note was payment. So you're giving these these installments fee a hundred dollars a month plus interest. Plus interest in late fees and all this other stuff when they already even got paid. And on top of that, and if you get a loan with a bank, oh my God, if you get a loan with a bank, they take those mm-hmm. funds. You, if you deposit that into the bank, they would you have fractional reserve banking. They take that and they loan that out, or they they do other stuff with it. They flip that pretty much, and they get back ten times as much. If if you took in a hundred thousand dollars, or if you deposited a hundred thousand dollars. They flip that and make ten times as much, or I think it's like nine times as much. But either way it go, they make a whole whole hell of a lot more than when it was worth. Hypo- yeah, yeah, hypothecation. And I believe they can do that with the promissory note before and or after. Uh, they can monetize it before and or after, uh, you know, it, it, it matures or something like that. But either way it go. 
I, pretty much, if you have a promissory note, if you if you're the maker of a promissory note for a hundred thousand dollars, by the time at the end of the payment, oh no, on top of that, if you go into default, how many millions of people went into default, and they came back and got the car, and they got the title. The title itself is a security. It's money. That's why they hold put that up as collateral. It's money. The title. They take the title, the car, you, you, you install me your late fees and all that stuff. They go get a summary judgment and all that. They put a lien against you or a tax lien or some other type of lien, and then they go take some other stuff, more of your property, up to that amount of that $100,000 loan. It's fraud and a scam. It's, it's scam. It's conspiracy. It's uh, robbery. It's theft. Uh, 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 money laundering. Extortion. Uh, extortion. Why do you think when you walk up to the, look at a bank, look at the bank itself, look at the building, look at the inside, look at the interior and the exterior of it, look how nice they look. How can they be? How can a bank look that good if they don't make money? How can they make money? Because we think that when they we, we deposit the money into the bank, that uh, that's how the bank gets this money, and maybe because of what like maintenance fees every month. They can't get a building like that. They got to be doing something else. It has to be. This morning, and that's exactly. And how many millions, millions, and that's what. See, that's why the that's why the system is jacked up because of our ignorance and what we allow what we allow the banks to do because these people are greedy and. And, it's, and the longer we stay, that's what's going to crash this system. That's why the debt is racking up. They take your stuff. They 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 take and they wait three years and stuff like that. And after the three years and pass, they ain't cashed in, and they rehypothecate your deposit accounts, which is your bank account, your checkings and savings account. They rehypothecate the, those funds. You don't know it. Even the escrow, that's why you, you're demanding that they give you the original promissory note. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not sure who's the, the holder in due course of that note. And according to UCC3, there cannot be a holder in due course of a promise because a promise is given to, a promise is given to an identified person, like a special endorsement. You see, it's given to an identified party. So how can someone else that's not that identified party be like, hey, that's me? You know what I'm saying? You made that promise to me. What you can do and what you should do and what you need to do is to compel the proof. Because if there's no proof that, there's, that they're a holder in due course and that payment's going to the original creditor, you're not obligated to pay because you're not sure who's the entitled party to this note. They're just holding it, which actually makes them responsible, like when you don't respond to the mail and the uh, letters that they send to you and you allow it to pile up, which means enter default and dishonor. So when they pretty much dishonored your account by not adding that asset, that promissory note, to your liability, to release the mortgage and extinguish the lien and record a satisfaction according to the Uniform Residential Mortgage Satisfaction Act and the Real Estate uh, uh, Settlement Procedures Act, and the Truth in Lending Act, as well as the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. So this stuff goes beyond UCC. Being a creditor literally means knowing how to engage in business. This is business. 
That's the reason why people like us usually charge people for the work, labor, and energy, because this thing takes, it's a process. Not only is, is it a process, it's, it's literally work. It's literally a business. So your social security is a business. You can literally fund your projects and activities by you um, uh, creating promissory notes and uh, bills of exchange, uh, what else, A for Vs, which most know as bankers' acceptances, to tender the debt or to satisfy the debt or to extinguish the debt, which is nothing but accounting. Because you can't pay That's the debt. That's what it always comes to. And because you can't pay the debt, you have to give you have to tender, uh, and this is a weird, it is a weird system, but it's not a weird system. But, well, yeah, actually, it would always be a weird system, but it, it, you'll understand the weirdness of it when you yeah, understand like how, how there's no... Yeah, to pay a payment, you know? That, that's what got me in the beginning until things started working for me. But, yeah, your promise to pay is a payment. That is weird. That means on the very day you endorse that promissory note, you endorse the check pursuant to UCC 3-104, which gives you the um, the proper format of creating a money order or a check. And I do use that guideline to make sure I am I am actually in compliance with the rules, at least with commerce. You know, other than that, I'm a natural man and stuff, but I have, I have to engage in commerce because we're bombarded by it, literally sailing in the sea of commerce commercial activities and commercial jargon and legal jargon and accounting jargon, even uh, medical jargon. You know, every, it's like everyone's speaking in their own language. You know, I speak Lashawan Kadash, you know, that holy tongue, and that tongue is truth. That's my language, you know. As long as it's the truth, you'll see me there. And also, uh, you know, as far as and, and maybe this would help you understand it. Just, okay, now we say that you can't pay a debt. It's true. You can't pay a debt in this current society or this current system because there's no gold in uh, the system. So since gold can't pay the debt, something else has to discharge. Since gold is the only way you can pay debt, the reason why you're discharging debt uh, with your credit, pretty much you took the place of the gold. However, you, you don't pay the debt. You offset the debt and you discharge the debt because the reason why you don't use your energy to pay the debt. It's because only gold and silver can be used to pay the debt. So if you switch the role, switch, let's say uh, you, you switch with the gold and change payment to discharge and offset, and you will understand how the system works. You work it the same way you do at the bank account, with your bank, your, your local bank. But it's much different because you have to understand a little bit more. You have to understand the infrastructure, and it's not just going to the bank and cashing the check anymore. You have to understand what that check is, what you're cashing, why are you getting funds back for it, is that fund money, and you have to understand the infrastructure of the thing. That's what these creditors do. They understand these type of things, so that way that's that's why they have the advantage. That's why they're making so. That's why they're they're messing up everything taking people's houses, their cars, their children, believe it or not. Because you got to remember, your, your birth certificate is a security. So it can be, it's a pledge. It's a pledge of, uh, you know, commercial energy. So it can be, which is so, like uh, Brother Sarah Elliott, so it's, uh, uh, it's traded. 
on the stock exchange, but on the private side of the stock exchange, you can't go to uh, you know the regular stock the private. In other words, uh, just like stocks and bonds on the stock market, when you go buy stocks, you're buying public stock, public issue, it public issued stock or public issued public debt technically. Well, yeah, pretty so much. So exactly. is treated like an asset in the stock market. That's where actually the stock market um, constitutes nothing but like debts, securities, notes, and all that, which are all considered assets. Even your bill is a, a dollar bill. You see, that's why they use the word bill. You know? Yeah, it's just like so, uh, when I was in the system. When I when I worked, labored, a slave. Uh, when I got hired for an interview. The 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 hire the lady, she said um, she, she said something, uh, but she found me, uh, you know, worthy of of my work, and she called me. She said that I would be. She said that I seemed to be an asset to the company. Immediately, I was like, you know what? I can't. I I got. I can't work anymore. She just called me an asset. She just like totally and absolutely insulted my very being. So, but I did correct her. I didn't. She said I was an asset. I told her I'm not an asset. I'm a creditor to the company. <laughs> because, because if it wasn't for me, if it wasn't for me, because it's my labor and my work and my ability to discharge debt and all this stuff, my signature. I'm the reason that this company moves forward in whatever agenda that it has, and that's another reason why I have to get out because I don't support the agenda. I'd rather create my own agenda with my own people that I can know and trust. So, but yeah, anyways, um, pretty much she called me SS, I'm a creditor to the company because if it wasn't for you going to work every day and working for these people, just like, you know, Thomas and I said earlier, it's, the, it's you that help move this. Uh, they hire employees, and you work for them. They're the creditor. You're technically the debtor, or not necessarily the debtor, but you're the, uh, they, that's why you're the asset. That's why she called me the asset. Because if you check, if you understand accounting, when you understand accounting, uh, and you look at, the what what is considered an asset for a company, you, you will see dude, like for example, like stuff like chairs, computers, desks, and stuff like that. Uh, uh, you know the like certain liabilities like loans and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know that credit to the company, and then they also would add on the employees. Why would they add on the employees as an asset? Because it's the employees that that helps function. The, that help uh, the brings the company to life as far as making the transaction. The human hand picks up the the item that the customer picked out and wants to buy, scans it across the machine, checks it out. That's why your asset clean the store, keep the store clean and stuff like presentable and stuff like that. That's why there was considered asset. She said that I had to get out immediately. I can't do that no more. Yeah, by the way, too, on top of that, man, it takes, like, uh, less than two weeks for the UCC to pass through if it's done correctly. You know what I'm saying? It usually takes uh, less than two weeks. 
And if it passes through, they'll send you an acknowledgement stating that I've received your request to record this lien or something along that language, and that um, it's been approved. If it's been disapproved, they'll return it back telling you why. Because in certain states, uh, you know, they're against uh, sovereigns because, you know, a lot of people find things off of YouTube and Internet and copycat. So, like, they kind of remember certain things um, that uh, certain sovereigns do, so they might prejudice against some documents, you see. But that doesn't stop you from recording in another state because that still is a recorded yes. claim. And a recorded claim is a recorded claim, so you can file it in another state because all of them are states of the District of Columbia, technically. You know what I'm saying? The United States of the District of Columbia, you see? That's not America I'm talking about, the corporation that we're engaging in commerce through. Because even uh, the United States is a corporation, and it's a trust. Not only is it a corporation, it's a trust, literally. And they have a document stating their, uh, their corporate existence, literally. You know, talking about, you know, the United States is a corporation, this is the executive officer. That means when we vote for presidents, we're voting for literally CEOs chief executive officers of an office. That's why they got, they got oath, oath into office, you see? And that oath, too, is a responsibility. So if you understand that and you know how to uh, get a hold of the oath of office, we can um, hold them responsible according to their oath, you see? So that's another thing that I'm doing and stuff is using their laws against them because they don't apply to me. I'm just referencing to them as a means of communication. I'm not practicing law, nor am I speaking legalese. You know what I'm saying? I am, I am, an, I am a, a Hebrew Israelite. Also, I was born and raised in America, so I would be considered an American. Therefore, I can invoke constitutional rights, which, which is just a ripoff of my Bible, of my scripture. So I go straight to scripture for remedy because the most, the most high told me he got me. He told me he got us. The 144,000, we sealed. We got the name of the Father in our head. We're not debating with the two-thirds. We outnumbered. But the Most High won't allow one to touch us, not even one strand of hair. And I love putting the Most High in this because if it wasn't for Scripture, I wouldn't understand commerce to the metaphysical level that I understand it. Because I look at the Father as spirit and truth, and that's my God. Now, if that's not any other Hebrew's God, you are foreigner to us because it's true Hebrews believe in spirit and truth. Everything else is lie and carnal. Not to say to not keep a balance, you know, but you have to know that fine medium, you know, how to hit it dead on. So it usually takes like two weeks for the, uh, the, uh, the UCC to come back recorded. And I usually send mine with the property A-list. You see, some people send, send it off with their security agreement, and all that is is just a claim of lien. UCC is simply a claim of lien. If you don't actually have a lien and you claim you have a lien and someone challenged that lien and you can't prove it with a UCC claim and a security agreement, then most likely you have a frivolous claim and your lien will be ineffective. But if you have a secure claim on your property, and someone try to have claim on it, and you send them a copy of your UCC, and you tell them that, hey, I'm the entitled party of this property. Are you interested in it? I'm not, you know, I'm not offering it for sale. You know what I'm saying? So you will, you will begin to pretty much go into what we call contract law. You know what I'm saying? Where you would um, actually get them into a contract by tacit acquiescence or expressively. 
So if they do want to contract with you based on your offer now because it's your own property and they need to go through you to get it, then you, and they want to pay you the money to get it, then okay. If you want to do that with your free will and give it to them, sell it. But that's, that's the whole point of being the owner of it. You have the power to sell it, and you have the, the power to recoup it if you did not sell it and it's been fraudulently removed. You see what I'm saying? But if someone do try to take it from you and, you, and, and they did not accept your offer and they, and, and they continue to uh, breach your rights and stuff as a secure party, then you can invoke your rights to sue them. You see, because they're not an entitled party, and you need to probably litigate that in court to silence it once and for all. You see, so don't try to avoid court. Uh, uh, pardon me. Don't try to avoid, avoid court. You cannot avoid court all the time. That's the only place you can go sometimes to litigate your controversies and complaints. Know how to open a lease pendant to begin a lawsuit. Know your rights. Know what they can do and what they can't do. You know, know their duties. Know their responsibilities. Look up their mission statements. Use all of this stuff against them. Because now your questions will be, well, it is my understanding according to your law you cannot be biased. Am I right or not? You know? And if they try to dodge it and stuff, am I not entitled to an answer? Now, if they say no, you will ask them under what law? Can you please, um, can you please provide me with the proof that state that I cannot get an answer, that you don't have to answer me? And now if they can't find that, they forfeit their claim. Now, the other thing, too, is when you send a UCC to someone that state they have a claim on you and they don't reply to you at all or assert a claim, they technically forfeit their claim. Under a UCC 9-210, they forfeit their claim. So from there, there on, you can take hold of your property again and control your property and defend yourself with all this evidence you're accumulating uh, regarding ownership. You know, so this is this whole conversation today. You can ball it up into one one subject: ownership, proof of ownership, prove that you own my stuff, prove that is that is your car, prove that it's your property, prove that it's not abandoned. Yeah, and I want to actually add on the, um about the actually actual filing of the uh the filing the financial statement. Now the thing is now usually okay now you have a state UCC and a national UCC form. Uh, in other words, some states uh, have a UCC form and it will have like the actual state, you know, the name. It'll be for that state or whatnot. However, uh, there's another which is the general one which is the UCC filing statement, which is the national filing statement. And it's my understanding that uh, all states uh, are uh, going to be either permanently um, going uh, converting over to and accepting the national form. And the reason why there's a national form is because uh, the UCC filing is a national claim, okay? So if you use a state UCC, uh, uh, filing statement, you're pretty much saying that it, it, it might be good to um, to file a UCC, you know, this is just my idea or whatnot, but it may be a good idea to file the UCC in, on the state one if your state has one. Now, all states do. It's just like my state. My state has the national one. It doesn't have a state UCC. But, however, it may be a good idea to file uh, both. But the national one is, is uh, you can almost file that in any state, however, because it's a national uh, claim. 
it's national UCC. But if you can get it filed in your state, always try that first. File it in your state first. If it, that doesn't work, find a state that will. It's a state, you know, because uh, it's a claim or whatnot. If you don't want it, you can also, if they reject it, if you know, now if they reject it and you just say, oh, they rejected it, dang, it doesn't work. I mean, you don't understand it. If you know what's on that form and you know it, everything is correct and they reject it, write them a letter. Why did you reject it? You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, it makes sense of it, though. You know, don't just say it like that. You know, um, pretty much, you know, state your claim. Uh, prove their claim. Ask them to prove their claim. And uh, you can get it filed. I mean, you go as far as you want, uh, provided that you know what to do. You understand the laws. And another thing, UCC codes, United States Code, Internal Revenue Code, they're just like how they sound. They're codes. If you know the code, if you could crack the code, then once you crack the code, you understand how the game works, you can use the code. Understand? That's why everything is being done in code. It's called the color of law. Legalese and all this other these other names and stuff like that. When you go to court and stuff like that, they're speaking the color of law. You know, you don't. They don't speak outright. They don't say, "Okay, are you here for the?" They, they say instead of saying, um, "You know, your straw man or your artificial person here has a charge." Instead of saying that, they they ask you, "Are you this name?" And you have to make the distinction. Uh, they don't say, "Are you the straw man?" They say, "Are you the, the uh, defendant?" Even though, but if both of you know, if you understand the code, and you can use the code. Try to create harmony and use the code and, you know, get in and out, you know, if you're a defendant. However, if, you, if, you're, if you're a claimant, if you're a plaintiff, enforce the code. Enforce the code uh, to the extent that your claim, uh, uh, you know, is in need of, you know. But, um, yeah, you know, don't go into court. Uh, another thing, you go to court to enforce things. So court isn't a bad thing. It's just is. It is what it is. You know, it's just people there that use it, just like the banks. They they may, you know, when they take a promissory note, the promissory note isn't bad. Not having real uh gold and silver isn't bad all the way, you know, but it's just it's a good system. It's just that the entities that are using the system are effed up. Excuse my French. But that's exactly what is you know, is going on. So Rocky, pardon me for interjecting real quick, man. But um I gotta actually peel out right now, man. But yo, thank you for having me on the call, man. The um the last message I have for y'all, man, is stay away from the ten ninety nine OIDs if you do not oh, yeah. read the publications behind them. Like publication twelve twelve. Uh those IRS publication you can find those publications on the IRS.gov website. You know what I'm saying? And read those publications before you engage in those instruments. They're not evil. They've been being demonized just like our scripture again. You see? Uh, um, so if you don't understand the laws behind them and haven't read those publications, please don't listen to people out there, man. I swear, man, it seems like nearly no one knows what they're talking about when it comes to that. Now, I understand that form to a great extent. With the 1099A, that's the acquisition. You're safe with that. You won't be bothered or nothing. But the 1099 OID and the 1040s, I believe they're supposed to be done uh, like around this time, at the end of tax season. You see, I don't think you're supposed to do it like in the middle of the year. You have to do it near tax season. 
And I think when you do it, you have to, like, do an aggregate uh, on the 1040 to state all the money you made during the year and all the, all that stuff. You got to put that all into the 1040. You know what I'm saying? So you, I don't think you can do 1040s like a couple of times during the year. You may get in trouble or get an audit. So um, study the laws and all year. that. Title 26 USC, uh, which deals with the IRS code, and the publications like Publication 1212, Look it up on Yahoo or Google, and um, the general uh, the general uh, instructions for the OID. Um, after that, you know, man, I hope you guys have a wonderful day, man. I leave on that note. Other than that, you're safe on everything but that. Once you start dealing with that, now you're going to start waking up the dogs. Uh, the promissory note is safe, too, but I would watch out still if you don't know what it is because it may make you think you did wrong and get you for nothing and steal your note, which is money again, like the promissory note. So before I check out, like anyone want to tell me anything or ask me anything? So, no, I mean that's a, that's about it. I mean this show is actually for um, two hours, and generally after that, they'll actually um, kick the line out and it'll just hang up. So um, if anyone have any kind of questions, you know they could they could ask the questions. Otherwise, we're gonna bring this to an end. Um, all right, so I hope y'all have a wonderful night then. I'm going I'm to um, uh, exit out right now, though. But, yeah, y'all can contact me at godlessinourheart at hotmail.com if you're interested in communing with me. But other than that, man, you know, thank you for having me on, Tazadak. Much respect, much honor, and let's keep helping these people, man. Never forget who you are, man, like those out there, man, that actually did. And Boule proud. Shalom. So with that, we thank everyone for tuning in. I'm going to say so long. We'll probably be here next week, um, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. Um, so you can tune in and tell a friend. So until then, those high words, we say so long as well.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere. Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.